1: Presented by T Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
0: Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. No, he's not. He had a baby. It's
2: Mraz. It's bogus. You like that for doing your own shtick? The DA show on CBS Sports Radio on a Target Demo Friday. At Mraz, CBS, at Andrew Bogish, where you can tweet us how you're listening, where you're listening, what you got planned for the weekend. If you're making the trip to Bob's Bar two weeks away, mm-hmm. Moist Pork is tweeting in. I wonder if him and the Pork Butts are going to come up from old Baltimore. Nice four hour ride. The Nuggets, Nuggies, they win. Nikola Jokic, triple double. Jimmy Butler, lowest point output of the postseason for him, 13 points. And we're on to a game two on Sunday night. Bogish and I will be back for one final rendezvous for two weeks as far as being without D.A. Uh, Recapping game two on Sunday, you will get D.A. and Pete the Body back on Tuesday. And Cap, apparently. And Cap, apparently, back. Who will be the grumpiest of the grumps? Pete. 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 Always Pete. You think D.A. will be in good spirits? Billy heard that question. Yeah. (laughs) Ha! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love it. I love it.
2: <laughs> All right. So we'll, we'll have that cooking. Now there was more NBA news yesterday. And at the end of the segment, I want to tie it into NBA news we didn't hear, which just shows you that this is not a league-wide thing. There's something big coming down the pike. So we had Nick Nurse announced yesterday as a head coach. We'll, uh, we'll get to that at the end of the hour. But also, Brad Stevens spoke yesterday. And I was wondering this, Bogues. And you were wondering this, Bogues. Joe Missoula going to be back?
1: Yeah, I think he is. And I thought he, again, did a really good job with this group. Um, everybody's going to overreact to the best players and coaches after every game. That's always the way it is. We know that going in, so we have to you know, be able to judge things on the whole. Without a doubt, Like we want Jalen to be here, and he's a big part of us, and we believe in him, and I'm thankful for him. And- Put a pin in Jalen Brown for a second, and let's start with Joe
2: Missoula The man still made a Game 7 of an Eastern Conference Finals. However the route got there, whether they were down 3-0 or not, the Boston Celtics still got to a Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals, fell one game short of basically accomplishing the same goal they had under Ime Udoka, which was making an NBA Finals. Joe Missoula, got thrust into this. Now, if you want to call him unprepared for the moment, I don't think there were moments where he was completely unprepared. I don't think overall Joe Missoula did a bad job as a head coach this year. In fact, what the Celtics went through with Udoka and being able to still have the season they had probably tells you he did a pretty good job. Now, we did. We got to be transparent. We spent a couple weeks during this Easter Conference Finals talking about, boy, did you see the the talent gap in coaching. But that doesn't mean that Missoula, after one year, can't become an even better coach and learn from these moments. That doesn't mean that's the only Joe Missoula coaching we will ever see, that he won't get better. So, uh, Bogues, I think just right off the bat, you and I in lockstep here, he deserved to come back.
4: Yeah, I don't. I, I understand all the shortcomings, but he's 34, right. and he wasn't supposed to be a head coach this year, and then he was, and they won 57 regular season games. And some of the things that they said after falling down 3-0 and then losing the series altogether to the Heat about – the ups and downs and the turbulent times, like he maneuvered through a lot. And as one of our guests told us recently, like they they did not reset his coaching staff. So he was working with Ime Udoka's coaching staff, not his coaching staff. And three of those guys are now leaving to go to Houston with Udoka. So there are a lot of reasons why they shouldn't have had fifty seven wins and the two seed. They were and it's there's no shame in right now being taken to the woodshed by Eric Spolstra. Like, Spolstra's in yeah. his, what, seventh finals? He's been a coach for
2: more than a decade and a half. Like, it's okay that you're I- not him yet. So you got to be patient here. And they also didn't lose to the Heat in the first round the way the Bucs did. So, you know, if you're going to get on them, I know that are got fired too, but they, you know, the, the Bucs were the one seed and the Heat beat them. So it wasn't as if this was just the only Heat upset along the way. I mean, the Knicks had home court in the second round over Miami. Now, Another part that I had not considered, though, Bogues, and I promise, I pinky pinky promise you, I am not trying to troll you here in any way in what is an ongoing, never-ending storyline with Brad Stevens, where DA and I have never been in more lockstep. I'm thinking Brad Stevens was a tad overrated himself. Mm -hmm. It never occurred to me or dawned to me that if Joe Mazzola was going to get fired after this trip to the Easter Conference Finals, that it would have to be Brad Stevens being the one to do that. And because it never dawned on me, this part of it didn't occur. What could Brad Stevens use as the base for why Missoula, who he had already given an extension to, right now be fired if the Eastern Conference Finals in this year, his first year with everything, was not good enough? Because if we learned anything from Brad Stevens' tenure when he got bouquets at his feet, you know what was good enough? The Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. So if, if he were to fire Missoula and say, well, you know, we fell short of our goals... The easy follow-up in any Brad Stevens uh, basic press conference would be, well, did you then think you deserve to keep coming back? Yeah, and
4: the only thing I could push back on is, like, on the
2: outside, we were wondering if Joe
4: Missoula should have been fired, and Stevens maybe never did. But there was, there is some logic. The two criticisms are valid, that you didn't need to give him that contract yeah. during the season to put yourself potentially in the situation that you might have found yourself in in the conference finals. And... It sounds like they should have done more on the fly to rework the support staff to make it not that guys were not like helping Joe Missoula or like there was tension there. But when it's not your guys, yeah. it doesn't it just you're not you can't possibly be at your like peak yes. output. And they didn't do things to fix that. So like that's on Brad Stevens. And maybe overreacting to the good regular season is on Brad Stevens as well. But yes, it would have been an odd. And even like just even minus Brad Stevens' personal history, any GM sitting there going, "Yeah, the guy four months ago I signed to a long term deal yeah. and said he's the guy, he's the future. This has been great. And now because the Heat just smoked me, he's out. That would have been a really awkward conversation. Yeah,
2: it would. It would ironically make Stevens ill prepared for, for probably the executive job as well. Now he brings up Jalen Brown and how much he likes Jalen Brown and him wanting to be here, I think there are two parts of this that are also true or worth noting, I should say. Bogus, you brought up after their elimination, what day was it, Tuesday morning when we were in, the idea that Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown had this long hug. And like, what does Jason Tatum want? Because if he's your premier star, does he want Jalen Brown sticking around? Because a lot of times in the NBA, you're going to listen to what your top star wants. And maybe that is part of this. And maybe that's what Brad Stevens is saying. I don't think that Brad Stevens making that comment you just heard about Jalen Brown necessarily means Jalen Brown's going to be here because Jalen Brown himself, you know, there have been reports that he is questioning whether he wants to even be in Boston, the city of Boston. Forget the Celtic organization or anything. Does he even like the city of Boston beyond next year? And it's just good business. See hockey and the Islanders Maple Leaf scenario with John Tavares in wanting to not necessarily or, or at least get, Chips, if you will, for a guy you know is leaving. Um, You know, the Red Sox and Mookie Betts comes to mind, too. Did Mookie Betts want to stay there long-term? They end up trading him, and that felt like kind of a shock. So that's part of it. And then the other part of it is, if Brad Stevens flat-out says on a microphone yesterday, yeah, I don't think it's going to work here for Jalen Brown, he's out. Guess what happens? You immediately lose all leverage on moving him in terms of pieces you're going to get back. If you publicly state to the world, that you want him out. Well, why would any team pay top dollar for Jalen Brown? And it's going to be, well, you're, you 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 don't even want him. You know, this isn't kind of an exchange of goods. You're looking to dump him. That's how it comes across. So that would not be good business to say anything other than what Brad Stevens said yesterday about Jalen Brown. Which at times can be frustrating
4: because we should all know how this works by now. Right. Like that almost nothing, anybody, the only time things actually are probably true is when they're mean and they're negative because yeah. people understand the downfall of saying that and they still say it because they don't care anymore. But Brad Stevens saying that yesterday guarantees nothing about Jalen Brown because it's also not Brad Stevens' decision in the end. Yeah. And I think it was like Mike Vorkinov, who's joining us next in, in a few minutes, right? Yes. Um, that told us recently that the Celtics are cheap. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's speculation that no matter what, they don't want to pay Jalen Brown. 290 mil because they've got to pay Jason Tatum for forever and the new NBA <sighs> CBA is very very punitive if you go into I think it's the second level yeah. of the of the luxury tax and teams are just not going to want to live in that world and you know Boston now has got the ammo to be like
2: make this look like a basketball decision right.
4: But it's really a business decision to move off of Jalen Brown.
2: Yeah. So either way, it's going to be an interesting offseason here in Boston. And speaking of interesting offseasons, what is about to happen in Memphis with John Morant? Uh, If you missed this report yesterday, Adam Silver kind of addressing, you know, the state of the league, as he always does, ahead of the NBA Finals, as most commissioners do, ahead of their sports uh, championships. The question of John Morant was brought up. And, man, this almost kind of got, like, brushed away his comment really quickly. And maybe this is exactly what he wanted because he wanted the finals to be a big deal. But Adam Silver, and I should have the exact quote here. Do you have the exact quote up? Uh, I can get it in two yeah. seconds. So he he alludes to the fact that right now, you know, he doesn't want to take anything away. Here it is. We've, we've uncovered a fair amount of additional information on John Morant. We probably could have brought it to a head now but we've made the decision that it would be unfair to these players and these teams to announce that decision in the middle of this series. Okay? So let that those words sink in. Unfair to these players, the Nuggets and Heat, and these teams to announce a, a John Morant decision in the middle of this series. We just played Brad Stevens. Okay? We just played Brad Stevens, so he addressed the media yesterday with NBA News. The Philadelphia 76ers, on the day of game one of the NBA Finals, announced Nick Nurse as their new head coach and had him speak to the media. And he made some waves, in which we'll talk about in a little bit. So, if you understand that and take that into account, that means that the NBA does not have some kind of like blockade on teams or news going out that is anything other than NBA Finals, which tells me that whatever they have uncovered additionally about John Morant and a decision on John Morant. Adam Silver understands that this is going to be a big big enough moment that it could actually overtake you know what these teams have played for all year and what the league you know is looking to promote which is their freaking championship the NBA finals. Folks, I don't know what the additional information is and maybe it's stupid to speculate. We all know what's happened with John Moran at this point. But if there's big enough additional information that they have a big enough decision coming that they don't want to bring it to a head, say, think about that, to bring to a head now. Whenever you heard your parents say that when you're growing up, no, I don't yeah. want to bring this to a head, you yeah. knew there was something big going on. This is big. It's big and it's negative.
4: I mean, there's just, there's no way that this is good news for John Morant and the Grizzlies because if it was just, Jaw's going to go spend a month in treatment again and work on this and he's... You know, he's now it's a ten game suspension after the eight game suspension. We all could have basically handled that. Yeah, even though there may be a bigger conversation about Ja's mental health and getting him in the right place to be a good, you know, have a successful life and a successful career. But the real conversation, the the only conversation that would have overshadowed the finals, is them telling us John Morant is suspended for half or more of the season. Yes, and whatever this bad information is, whether it's about him, whether it's about the people he's been around, whether it's been about he that he took that first trip to treatment uh, correctly or not, seriously or not, that there's there's no way you're hiding good news or safe news yes. or whatever. It, this has to be negative, and this has to be a significant punishment for Ja and everyone read these comments the same way. There's no one going, oh, this is good news.
2: Yeah. And I guess if you want to find good news for Ja or for the Grizzlies, potentially that is what the NBA cannot do is hide, you know, any further police reporting or anything. So as far as like the legal issues of Ja Morant, I would think if there's more legal trouble coming his way, that there's no way Adam Silver could block that from being announced during the final.
4: Yeah. Also, he can't stop shams or woge from right. getting somebody who's Who? gonna who's gonna leak the information and say what's coming mean, that's I, I i would be shocked if we got to monday you and i here back yeah. here again and there was not an
2: advancement of this story of what possibly say, is coming for jock ja. that's the other part of it too how could nobody have this information silver would have been almost better off no commenting than saying this
3: because yes. i think he he probably this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news
2: Probably sent every one of these big reporters going. Oh boy, something's going on yeah. here, and I got to get to the bottom that, of that. That's the other thing. Why
4: didn't he just say, you know what, guys, this is still an ongoing thing. I'm not ready to comment.
2: Like he he basically gave us half the news last right. night. Said something big's coming, and you'll learn about it when we're done with the finals.
4: Yeah, that we we don't want to overshadow the finals with the news. Yeah. Not good. Which and it, which also means it's their decision. It's not right. Ja going, you know what? I'm in actually really bad shape. I'm stepping away from the right. game. That wouldn't be their information to control. This They're controlling them dropping the hammer on him. And he didn't have to say what he said
2: last night. Bottom line is this. And I think the league knows it. This isn't a sixth man. This isn't an eighth man. This is a guy who has been... One of the six people featured, if you have NBA League Pass, where you just see the picture of him above, big video game star, sneakers, all the John Morant, it was one of the marketing budding stars of the NBA that they put in the forefront of all of our kids' faces, our faces, and everything. And it's a great story. He was basically a nobody until his end of his college career, and now he's one of the best players in the NBA, like, four years later. And they've pushed the heck out of him. To have him now, on multiple occasions, be seen flashing guns in today's culture especially this, I, I mean, you cannot tell me this ends well. You can't tell me it ends well.
4: Well, hopefully it, it, the well. poor ending is what's coming now, and then yeah. that is actually the end, and it's only well, going in the true. right direction for John. Well, I
2: meant as far as, like, whatever him and the NBA are coming up here. Yeah. I, I just not a good scene. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak to Mike Varkanov, national NBA writer for The Athletic. Have Emmanuel come in here, do his update. And remember, to you get your target demo tweets in at CBS at Andrew Bogish. We'll read those in about what, an hour and a half from now. It's the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Oh,
1: I'm like Godzilla. I'm like Godzilla. Everybody fears my weight. DA on CBS what? Sports Radio.
2: I don't even remember that. Green Bay Gobbler tweets and someday I'll triple my double my way to the NBA championship. How about the the little kid picture where Nikola Jokic looks like uh, the great Hambino from the Sandlot, and he's just got his movies drooping over. That I, mean, I related to that picture so much. Yeah, and
4: I, very politely said he doesn't look much different. I would think. I mean,
2: he's not perfectly
4: in shape right now No, but he's lost weight but that's he's lost of, weight
2: when i said i could have been a hall of famer in the nhl nikola Jokic, in this picture just shows you no he doesn't um he does but okay but these stories <laughs> these are great stories
4: There was one the other day i saw where when he was on like the serbian national team at 19 he got worked by terrible usa basketball frontcourt players that you would that had no chance in the nba and he got roughed up by them and now he's the best player on the planet wow
3: wow
2: Wow. That's so. Pat Young tweets in, Meraz, no explanation necessary. It's a delight to have you and Bogish filling in. Again, I don't like the words filling in because we're on the show every day. No, but we are filling in for DA because he yeah. is the one in charge. I know, but it's it's not like, like when Jody or Chris Mueller work here, like they're filling in. They're not part of the family, if you will. Uh, I enjoy the takes, the banter, the way you two play off one another. Ooh, Bogues. Also great having Boyle, Caserta, Billy, Best Cast, and Radio. Caserta not here today, though. You know who is here? Yes. The future voice of the Trenton Thunder, Emmanuel Barbari
1: is here. Emmanuel, wow. Emmanuel, how are you? Oh, so great. in the course of an hour or so, I've been downgraded from somebody who's doing a big league game this year. Or well, within I the next ten, you had you for a right. full decade. Well, I said months.
2: Let's reveal.
4: A and now you're something.
1: putting me on a minor league team I don't even work for. I've gone back <laughs> and
2: fair. <laughs> I've gone back and forth on how I feel about this in the last four minutes, so I'm going to pose it to the audience, or at least you guys. Today happens to be, and I only found this out in the last break, free na- or National Donut Day, right? right? Now. Emmanuel Barbari was very nice to come in here and and say, I'm going to make a run to our local donut establishment where we perhaps dunk some, if you will. And he said, does anybody want a drink? And I took advantage. I got this nice uh, green tea refresher. Uh, The sponsor of Odyssey. You could say Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. He he went to Dunkin' Donuts. Um, Boyle got a coffee. Emmanuel got like 17 pumps of something in a coffee.
1: Yeah, I got my coffee out
2: there. So apparently the promo run today, Bogues, Is you get a free donut with the purchase of a drink, and I think I saw you at five thirty a.m. smashing a little old fashioned donut. So, I needed a nice coffee this morning, and I only today realized that there's
4: there's two Dunkins. Yes, very close to us, same distance basically. One to the left, one like straight ahead, and the one to our left is actually open at five a.m. Yes, yeah, which I didn't know until today. Park over there. Yep. So I went running down there. Needing my iced latte fix and
2: saw the sticker on the door that said free donut. free donut. I'm like, give me my blueberry cake donut, let's go. So I didn't think anything of it. I don't need a donut by any means, believe me. So Emmanuel comes in, he hands the coffee to boil, hands the coffee or my drink to me, and uh, you bring up, hey, did you get your free donut? Emmanuel stumbles and says, uh, you, they're out there, do you want one? The man hoarded the donuts for himself.
1: No, I didn't. I mean,
2: wow. you got clearly a donut for you, a donut for boiled, donut for me. You took a threesome and kept them over there.
1: They told me three donuts for three drinks, so right. a drink for donut or a donut for drink. Well, you
2: were not going to say anything if I didn't say anything.
1: All, yeah, Sean all, all Sean I Sean did Cole. was handed the donuts to Wall. He's oh, having one. There's your first problem. And then the rest are up for grabs. Yeah, I Sean, never denied anybody Sean a donut. Sean called them a bleeping bleep bleep in the break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Very derogatory term. Did Kevin Wall get a drink? No, he was just along for the ride.
2: So, Wall's not entitled to a donut there. Food is family. So, Wall took your donut. He said, I handed the bag to Wall and Wall had a donut. Wall wow. doesn't. And I bought a drink.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Boyle bought a drink. Wall's not entitled you to that I'm donut. You know I'm happy to go and get you a donut no, no, no. if you want First a donut. All, I don't. Actually, and, and you have two donuts lying out there that you could have. Out.
2: Two things are both true here. I don't need a donut. I am trying hard not to want a donut. But the mere principle of being asked if I want a donut, Wall getting one when he didn't buy any drink, I think is flat out wrong.
4: Yeah, I mean, Wall Wall broke some rules here. We tried yeah. to pin the Yankee ticket yeah. issue on Wall, and I defended him for that. There's no defending him here.
2: Yeah. But Billy, Wall wrong or not wrong? I will say wrong, yes. All right. Boyle, go get Wall for a second. All right. Go get Wall for a second. I Daniel, thought this was somehow getting pinned no, on me. Start your update, and I'm going to have a word with Wall in here. Sounds good.
1: All right. So when Nikola Jokic is only taking five shots in the first three quarters and you're building as much as a 24-point lead in the finals game, you know you're doing pretty good. I think we did a good job. You know, the guys were focused and uh, how it's supposed to be, and uh, we were were really focused and locked (laughs) into the game. Nuggets ended up beating the Heat in game one, 104-93. Game was never in doubt. Jamal Murray, 26 points, 10 assists for head coach Michael Malone. That was one of my last messages to our group before the game. You know, I reminded our group if they didn't know that Miami
0: went into Milwaukee and won game one. They went into the garden in New York City and won game one. They won game one up in Boston. So uh, we did not want them coming in here, taking control of the series on our court.
2: Where's Wall? Boyle just came back. Where's Wall?
1: Nothing? Arms were in the air. Wow. Where's Wall? I mean, he could be I'm in the bathroom. Him right now. <laughs> You're
2: calling Wall? Yes. <laughs> Well, oh, you can't put that <laughs> on. Wow. How does, where'd it go? I mean, maybe he's in the men's room. Uh, but, uh, let me tell you something. Pete, the body comes back here Tuesday. He's got to clean this place up. He has to clean this place up.
1: How wall. is he going to do that?
4: That's a fair question. So Emmanuel, we, it's a great question. It's one we've all wondered. Because normally when somebody does something wrong, bad, and needs to be scolded, Pete goes, I didn't hire him, not my problem. But up until today, he's been claiming wall.
1: Yeah, wall. he has been very pro-wall all week. Yeah. Wall's coming. Because he's been big on Wall. I think Bilotti's had a hand in That's, helping Wall yes, a You know what,
2: Boyle? Don't tell Wall why we need him. He could wait till after Vorkunov. Okay? Hmm. Get me Vorkunov. Okay. All right, Emmanuel, keep going.
1: All right, so the Nuggets made sure they didn't suffer that same fate, losing game one to the Heat. Bam at a bio for Miami. 26 points and 13 rebounds. Denver held Jimmy Butler to only 13 points. Head coach Eric Spolstra watch Caleb Martin and Max Drews. So you'd think... They'd play a big part in game one, only one of 17 from three. And Our couple- game is
2: not built just on the three-point ball. <laughs>
5: you know that We've proven that time and time again. We can win games, we can win series, regardless of how
1: the three's going. So clearly not attached to the three-point ball. Down one game to none now. Celtics Caleb Ricky Martin was living the Vita. No show. Okay. Mm.
4: Count the three, silence, and then you can go back to your update. That's the...
1: One. Usual two. Celtics president Brad Stevens says Joe Missoula is staying on as head coach next year. Loves his leadership. Missoula, 34 years old, took over for Ime Doka, who was suspended for the season in September. Commissioner Adam Silver waiting until after the finals to release the additional findings from the investigation into Grizzlies superstar John ja Moran. Baseball, Red Sox beat the Reds 8 2, six run, eighth inning, but Chris Sale exited the game in the fourth inning left shoulder soreness
3: obviously it's not easy because of what he's gone through but at the end i gotta take care of him you know it's like i know he tried to take care of us but now it doesn't work that way
1: that's for manager alex cora astros edge the angels 5-2 angels manager phil nevin ejected in the sixth inning 3-2 pitch well below the knees of taylor ward with the bases loaded only down to a game changer. So, Nevin went out there and got his money's worth, to put it lightly. Twins rallied for three, bottom of the eight to tie it. Then ended up walking off the Guardian 7-6 the final. Willie Castro, a sacrifice fly to win it. Okay, Emmanuel, smooth updates here this morning. Oh, appreciate that. I actually that.
2: really like him. I think he's doing a good job. Of course he is. He went to
1: Fordham. I mean, you I, don't do I, bad I jobs. hate to
2: throw more people on the bus. He's doing a better job than others that fill in not named Greg.
1: bogish mentored me, so... If you want to take credit for that.
2: Thank you. If you want to make a power ranking thing, go ahead. Cristobal Porzingis, Hey, certainly better than that. Certainly better than some that have played Atlantic League highlights. By the things. way, did you hear
1: Stern over the weekend? You missed. No, you, you can't no. top what we, happened over yeah. there.
2: Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday,
4: what, what day was that?
1: Over the weekend, uh, I was doing updates while uh, John Marks was on. Stern was producing. Uh-huh. A total tirade on, on Syracuse students. So we're talking Fordham. Stern has some problems with kids coming out of Newhouse.
2: Really? Like you're saying,
1: it seriously? Seriously. Okay,
2: so we we're about to have a guest. Emmanuel, I don't mean to make you do any extra work. Can you just pull it, put it, a, a chunk in our system, and I want to save that for when DA returns on Tuesday, please. For sure. Thank you. You got it. Okay. Joining us now, NBA rider for the athletic, Mike Varkanov, who's joined us throughout the postseason here on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio now to recap a little Game One of the Finals, maybe some of Adam Silver's comments yesterday as well. Mike, good morning! Thanks for waking up with us.
6: Hey guys, yeah, it wasn't even that that hard of a wake up call. That game was over pretty early
2: yeah. too. <laughs> well, yeah, no doubt. When a game is over by ten forty five p.m. Eastern, we are all we are all going to be in favor. Uh, so yesterday, obviously, you know, for the Heat, Bam Adebayo was their biggest offensive threat, but they only get to the line two times and. Every time they tried to, you know, get this to within single digits, the Nuggets just had an answer. Uh, Was this tired from seven games? Was this the thin air? Was this just a talent disparity? If you had to kind of break up the percentages of all of it, what was the biggest reason game one looked like that?
6: Yeah, I'm sure the fatigue played into it a little bit, both from having just finished off a seven-game series three days ago, I think and then having to (laughs) right away just go over to playing at altitude in Denver. Uh, But I I think the other part of it is that uh, Denver's just really good. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't think that there's a full appreciation yet of just how good they are, but uh, Nicole Jokic is the best player in basketball. Jamal Murray had it cooking again, and then they had help uh, from a lot of other players like Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr., and they were able to exploit their advantages and mismatches. And I don't think that the Nuggets even played their best game, and yet – you know, they they waxed them. It, it wasn't that close for most of the second half there.
4: Yeah, and I was going to ask you from the Nuggets' perspective. I don't know if you were worried at all about about rust going in. Were you surprised how well they started Game One last night?
6: No, I think the rusting might be a little bit overrated. I think I saw a stat that teams that come into like a Finals Game One with you know more than a week of rest are like eight and one or something like that. Uh, so I wasn't surprised that they played as well as they did. And so much of their their play style is just based off of movement and cutting and uh, finishing on shots. And I think that's, a, that's something that kind of translates really well the more you get to practice, too, because you get to maintain that continuity.
4: The secondary things that you just mentioned that Denver did well, like Aaron Gordon's points, what, what's, which part of that or what, one of those things are actually easily repeatable for them moving on in the series?
6: Well, I think that's going to be a question of what Miami does. You know, like Aaron Gordon had it going early because he kept exploiting mismatches. He got Gabe Vincent on him because I think that's where the Heat tried to hide him a little bit. And he's got, I think, six inches and a few dozen pounds on him. So he just kept taking him into the post and to the basket. So you have to see what Miami does. Uh, and you have to see how they play all those guys off of Jokic, too, because Michael Porter Jr. got on. While Murray and Jokic the, that Denver was really working it. So I think the big question is going to be what Eric Spolstra and what the Heat do uh to counteract all their all their troubles in game 1. And I you know obviously they're so creative that I don't, I don't even know if I can predict it because they think so out of the box sometimes but it's going to be interesting what they do and if they have any lineup changes uh specifically to try to deal with some of the size advantage that Denver has uh against that Miami starting lineup
2: speaking of that size advantage Bam Adebayo is obviously the guy who plays the you know the big man paint minutes for Miami he was atrocious in game 7 but last night you know offensively has the 26 points doesn't get to the foul line at all not one time but in the end you know whether it's his possessions down low those hook shots you know Miami Missed a lot of threes, but certainly could have had more threes or more of the way that we saw their offense operate versus Boston. Do you think that the Denver Nuggets are signing up for a series where Bam Adebayo is the one scoring 25, 26 points, and that's actually more of a recipe pro
6: Denver in the series? Yeah, I think so because, you know, it seemed like what they were trying to do is just get Bam all those shots from in the mid range. He had 20, I think he had 25 shots, something like that, and, you know, as you said, zero free throws, and that's because he was just shooting it all in those short and long mid range. And when that happens, Those are the shots that I think opposing teams want someone to take, right? Because you're not putting any pressure on the rim. You're not getting to the line. Uh, Those are kind of self-contained shots, and uh, those are not the highest efficient shots. So if that's what Miami has to settle for the entire series, I think Denver would be happy with that. Uh, You know, I I think they get into trouble, and Miami really causes trouble when they can get to the line. Uh, Jimmy Butler specifically has been a master at that all uh, all season long, and he didn't get to the line at all last night. And uh, I, I think some of the shooting problems were anomalous. You know, Max Strus was 0 for 9 from 3. Gabe Vincent had some troubles. Everyone kind of wasn't shooting that, that well. Um, and I think that's the anomalous part. Actually, no, let me correct that. Max Strus is really the only one who had trouble shooting from 3. Everyone else was 13 to 30. So I, I we'll see how much of that kind of regresses to the mean. But if it's just, bad mid-range jumpers, I think uh, Denver will take that.
4: Mike, it was an odd game for, for Jimmy Butler last night. Just didn't seem to ha- want to put the same impact on the game. Is that, so on a personal level, you think that's a fatigue thing, that he's still bouncing back from, from seven Celtic
6: games? Yeah, it's probably a little bit of fatigue. You know, he's still, it's not as if he's fully healed from that sprained ankle he had in the second round against the Knicks. And, and I think also you know, Deborah did, did a good job of walling off the paint. Um, you know, that's a real key to Jimmy Butler's game and to Miami's game. And so um, if he can't get to the paint, get his shots around there that he likes to get and also create for others, uh, that really does you know a good job of kind of discombobulating what the Heat do offensively. There is a
2: possibility we found out that Tyler Hero can play in game two if he does return. Are we asking too much for him to come in and suddenly go back to being the 3-point, 20-point-per-game uh, specialist that Heat need?
6: Yeah, it's probably a lot to think that he could just jump in. I mean, the big question is just can he jump in cardio-wise too, right? Like where is he in terms of being able to play 30-plus minutes having missed all that time? And the other part of it is Miami, I think part of the reason why they've been so successful at these playoffs is that they've reformatted that team around Jimmy Butler offensively Um, and with Gabe Vincent doing some uh, Lowry coming off the bench. So what does Tyler Hero add to that in terms of the mix, um, and how they run that offense? And I I can't answer that, but I, I think that'll be an interesting, um, wrinkle to throw in because I think it'll have some impact on Miami just as it would on Denver.
4: Mike Vorkanoff, national NBA writer for The Athletic, with us here on the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. Let's switch to pregame last night, Mike, and we were just discussing Adam Silver's comments about John ja Morant's potential something announcement post-finals does not want to take away from these two teams and this series. Both of us read that as pending negative news for John ja Morant. Is there any ways to look at it differently, or are we going to get some bad news long-term suspension for Ja pretty soon here?
6: Yeah, I I didn't read that as a, hey, we're going to let you off the hook type of thing. Um, It it sure seems like they have, you know, an investigation wrapped up and they have found evidence for whatever they're going to eventually suspend them for. And they just want to hold off not to, you know, not to take away the attention from the finals. That, That was my reading of it. And
4: is there, we also assume that by maybe like Monday, People will have dug and pulled out information and gotten leaks. Like, do you think we'll have not the official announcement, but we'll start to know a little more of these details in the next like 72 hours?
6: I I don't know. Obviously, every reporter is going to try to chase it and try to figure out what, you know, what Adam Silver is referring to. It it depends how uh, closely held that information is between the PA and the NBA League office.
2: So with that, I mean, do we think that this is going to become basically the biggest story of the NBA summer, more so than free agency, the draft, everything's to come here?
6: I think Because if John Moran gets hit with a big suspension, whatever that may be, obviously that has an impact on one of the most. It has. It's going to have an impact on the West. The Grizzlies could be contenders. Um, you know, we'll see what the trickle-down effect of that is. I never want to say it'll be the biggest story of the offseason because the NBA continuously surprises and, you know, it'll be June 29th and some star player decides he wants to get out of his team and now everyone's talking about that for the next two weeks. Uh, But it'll certainly be something that's top of mind for a long time.
4: Uh, Mike, changing the subject one more time, Other uh, some coaching news here. Monty Williams at 13 mil or 14 mil, whatever the math is, per year in Detroit. (laughs) Um, great head coach sons in my mind shouldn't have fired him, but did Detroit overpay for him?
6: Uh, uh well, you know, I, I, think he, I think this makes him the highest paid coach in the NBA. I want to yeah. say, or thereabouts, depending on where Greg Popovich's uh, salary land, although he's also the team, uh, president. So I mean, in that regard, you want to say yes, because Monty Williams is, you know, he doesn't have the resume that pop does. But uh, I, I've always thought the biggest market inefficiency that teams don't exploit enough is just paying more for their front office and the coaching staff. And if that's, um, if that's the person that the Pistons really, really wanted to have, and obviously they did, then whatever, splash the pot, right? Uh, <laughs> it doesn't go on your payroll. You don't pay luxury tax on it. Um, let that be the way you can gain an advantage. And it's, that's just all the owner's money, right? It makes all the other coaches happy because it brings their uh, salaries up, too, probably in the long run.
2: You can follow him on Twitter, at Mike Vorkanoff. He's the national NBA reporter for The Athletic. He has joined us all throughout the postseason. Always interesting and excellent analysis. Thanks so much, Mike. Enjoy the rest of the finals, man.
6: Hey, you too. Hopefully it's uh, a little better than just game one. (laughs) Definitely. definitely. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Take care.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. By the way, you know, there was thought that the Bob's Bar show would be the morning after game six of the NBA finals. Hard to think that that's going to be the recap. And may, by the way, maybe we're secretly rooting for it to be over for five so we don't feel obligated to talk finals the next morning. I mean, it was
4: awkward. I feel like last year we had... It was had, after game one. but And wasn't that game
2: particularly dramatic? Uh, I think the Celtics won game one, and they had the big fourth quarter where they kind of ran away in the fourth That's quarter. That's what it was.
4: Yeah, There was there was a lot to, to, to discuss about that game, and we were trying to do yeah. it in updates on the show, and it's near impossible. So, I mean, I... Game six is probably still best-case scenario based off of last night. But that's actually, we don't
2: want, because the Nuggets won in six, and we were crowning a champion next morning. No, but I'm saying, like, it's probably now less likely that yeah. we get a game six. Yeah. I think on the show, we're all rooting, because this is bottom line. We're going to have fun at Bob's Bar, but you don't want to feel like you're doing a disservice to the listener looking for NBA talk, and Badlands is winding up a kill boss on my cheek. Correct. As great as that does sound, there probably are a few things we should hit before
4: getting yeah. to that.
2: All right, we come back. Uh, look, our producer the last couple days was now out in the newsroom, Kevin Wall. He's got some splaining to do. It's the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. Never be that guy of, oh, you know, I could have made it, pro. <laughs> Unless you made it, pro, you didn't make it, pro. It's DA on CBS Sports
1: Radio. The
2: DA show on this Target Demo Friday, DA. Eh? It's Mraz, it's bogus. DA and the baby crew return on Tuesday, so we'll be back with you Monday recap in Game 2 of the Finals. Some some controversy. It's been a weird morning around here, to say the least. Uh, I'm enjoying my nice, cool beverage right here. And, you know, Kevin Wall, who produced the last couple of days, is now out in the newsroom. He's handling your sports miniature tape duty. The fact that he's still here at 848 a.m. Eastern is a good sign in comparison for some. Winning. who filled in on the job. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin, we talked about your tickets and asking for tickets after receiving an email that tickets were available. Yeah, I'll take two. Uh, even though it was your first week back at the job. Remember that was a big story? Yeah, it so, was okay. a big story. Okay. Oh, okay. it was
5: a big story. Give me a break.
2: Okay, well, well, hold on, hold on, on. tread lightly. Hold on. Can I ask what you had for breakfast this morning? Yeah. Okay. What'd you have for breakfast this morning?
5: I had a bag of chips at 5.30 from the vending machine. Okay. And I I had a donut. You had a donut. On National Donut Day. Today's
2: National Donut Day. Today's National Donut Day. All right. I'm enjoying a little uh, green tea strawberry refresher. We have donuts in the vending machine? No, we don't have donuts in the vending Uh, machine. Boyle, what are you enjoying there to drink? I got a nice uh, butter pecan coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. butter pecan coffee, Dunkin' Donuts. That's the flavor of the month, I believe. Is it? I think think so. They're really
4: pushing butter pecan last month, at least. Is
2: it tasty? Is it delicious? Oh yeah, it's excellent. It's nutritious. I don't know about nutritious, but it is enriching. Stand up. To the soul. Just standing up and looking at a wall. What do you got there, wall? What are you drinking? I got a Poland Spring water. Poland Spring water. Where's your Dunkin' Donuts drink? I don't drink coffee. I I don't drink coffee. I'm drinking a green tea. So what? What drink did you get from Dunkin' Donuts? I didn't get a drink. Oh, that—that's interesting. Bogus. Um, you went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning. I did. What's the promotion they're running? Um, it's National Donut Day. Have you, have you mentioned that? That's what you said, right? Yes.
5: It's uh, so, wh- donut what Day. what
2: happens on National so Donut Day? So, any beverage
4: purchase gets you a free donut.
2: Oh, what are you drinking? Water. Yeah. What are you drinking, Boyle? Coffee. Did you get that at Dunkin'? Donuts? Is that a beverage purchase at Dunkin' yes. Donuts? Yes. What am I drinking? Uh, Dunkin' donuts. Uh beverage purchase? Boyle, what kind of donut you got in front of you there? I don't have a donut. Oh. Did you offer one to Wall? What do you mean? Well, you got a free donut because right. you bought a drink. So did you offer yours to Kevin? No. Oh. Did you, Sean? No, I didn't have a donut come across me that came with my free my drink because it's free with a purchase of a drink. Uh well, you you ate our free donut. Your free donut. Well, it certainly wasn't yours, I can tell you that.
5: Hey, I was told pick a flavor and help
2: yourself. There's no accountability. So was given. this is the problem with the kids. There's no accountability. No, there's two more donuts left. You can help yourself at the end of the break. Well, no, that's not the point. That is not the point. The point is this. The people who bought the drink with their money, who get the free donut, have choice at the donuts. Okay, the donuts come in. We were not, me and Boyle we're not giving cracks at these donuts. You went in there with your, your grubby paws and you swiped one of the three donuts when it was not your donut to swipe.
5: Okay, I was told to take it. Help yourself. So, what do you want from me? And Sean, let's be real. Ver- Sean, let's he be real. Just if you the saw winners. three donuts in the bag, you would have ate all
2: three by now. So, Ooh, give wow. me a break. Whoa. Whoa. First of all, I haven't, I haven't had three donuts one sitting in a long time. Last Second, week, it's been at least eight days. I, <laughs> munchkins don't count. <laughs> I had one donut and several munchkins. Uh also, that, that, that's still not the point. The point is you went in there knowing you didn't buy a drink, even if Emmanuel offered you it, and you went in and you took the first. What donut did you take? What flavor? It was a glazed donut. Oh, uh, it's a bit. Like, do you guys see his defiance and not understanding what he did wrong? Is that, am I the only one insulted by this? I, I'm,
4: I'm only not insulted because I'm not surprised. Like, this is what we, I pegged the reaction to be. Yeah. Just following orders. Just follow. Emmanuel told me to take whatever donut. Somebody donut. told me I could have it. It's go wrong. have your own. What you
2: did was wrong. How about how about coming here and go, you know what? I didn't even realize they came with the drinks. Emmanuel just came in and said, here, have a donut. Maybe he messed that up, but for that, I'm sorry. I should have known, but you're absolutely right. You guys should have first crack. Instead, you're like, let's be real. You would have three donuts, you fat ass. Am I wrong? Yes, <laughs> you are wrong. You are Boyle, help me out here. Even if we didn't want the donut, we should have been offered it before Wall. Should have been offered. And Wall, you should have said, you sure? The guys who bought the drinks, the guys who actually paid the money to the pot, they don't want a donut? You didn't even think of that. It didn't cross your mind. And now I think I've won this Yankee ticket argument. Let's not like get uh, okay. carried away. You got a time young no. well, Schwartz here. time out with the Yankee tickets? You got a young Schwartz Time out Schwartz with the Yankee here. tickets.
5: Get, no, uh, don't, don't you dare put my name. <laughs> oh, that's a, his know. name I, when it comes to cheating and all that. I in don't free, know. free. Tickets free tickets
2: and events. not even asking where free food came from? That, I mean, basically that's Schwartz number bingo. One,
5: number one, when it came to the tickets, I was still here. I was still on the payroll. It, was, it wasn't like I was in Connecticut, t- saw the email, drove to Yankee Stadium with the tickets. How many shifts did you work before attending that game? How many shifts?
2: Back. Uh Three or four, I would say. You don't need to defend yourself further on the tickets. Even you if we did were the wrong on the ticket. Which is r- ridiculous. Even if, the, by the way, I was, I was half busting, but now I think the donut thing, we still have a trend here, Walt. That's the problem. There's a trend here with you, which is give me free stuff, and I don't ask, and I don't care if I'm actually taking it from somebody else who's more, uh, well, forget deserving, flat out, it's theirs. Like the donut was me or boils. You took it. You were offered it, and there's not even an apology. There's excuse
5: making. I apologize to you, Sean. I apologize to you, Pat Boyle. And to Billy.
2: And to... I don't even think Billy got
5: called. He's me. not listening. But you're right. right.
2: But you know what? Billy's made oh, enough Dunkin runs. He's earned the right to a free donut first. To... <laughs> uh, okay. You have now combined the worst of what we... If we're going to crush Peter Schwartz for this, which we do on the air all the time, but the free stuff, mm. he deserves to get crushed and the no accountability Jack Stern stuff. He... Wool right now is exhibiting the worst of Stern and the worst of Pete, and the only thing that's keeping him basically, uh, you know, alive here is that he's still here. And he didn't ask to leave
4: yet. And, <laughs> and your partner in crime, who put you into this trouble apparently, not here to defend you. Let it's you okay. I can handle okay. I can
5: handle myself. I don't it's think you okay. can.
4: He could have walked in and said, listen, that's my donut I gave to Kevin. The two out there are for you guys. But he hasn't. He's
5: letting Kevin in here. Just All right. Well, look. Listen, heat. if I- it was the other way around, if I was in the chair
0: and you went to Dunkin', you would have never told anyone about the donuts.
2: I actually would have. I just don't giving think person.
0: so.